morning, Goldale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, on another fine, feisty, fiery sort of Friday morning for Torch Report 447, How to Defeat AI-Powered Killer Robots. Dun, dun, dun! Friends, they're out there, and today we'll be discussing a no-nonsense strategy for defending yourself against the relentless attacks of modern warfare up to and including killer robots. Now, please brace yourself here, because I'm about to start out with a little bit of poetry. (laughs) I was feeling kind of poetic this morning. Each day the crazy comes and goes, the insane and ineffable ebbs and flows. One is detached and the other enthrows, both capitulating toward tyranny's woes. Chew on that one! (laughs) Friends, are you aware that the uh, the AI-powered killer robots, they're out there and they're about to shape our future. That was front-page news over at Reuters this morning. Uh, AI-powered killer robots poised to shape the U.S.-China rivalry. Human-machine teams are about to reshape warfare. Holy smokes, you know? Hell, evidently, these, uh, these human-machine teams are about to unleash hell on Earth. It's like... It's like something straight out of Hollywood, man. You can't make this stuff up. But what's most unbelievable to me is that anyone would promote this sort of remote killing, right? Why are P- the Pentagon's going all in, okay? The deep state's going all in on this, you know? We're, this this re- remote sort of killing where a kid is essentially playing a video game directing swarms of AI-driven, weaponized drones and killing real people on their digital battlefield. I mean, come on! You know, what could possibly go wrong? I don't know! Uh, Again, there are some things that caught my eye earlier this week. I'm just going to weave it in here today. Some headlines that read kind of like, China should worry. The Pentagon wants a swarm of small, cheap, smart drones. You know, the Pentagon's counter-drone office to demo swarm drone destruction in 2024. Wow, that'd be quite the demo, you know. The U.S. military is getting smaller, cheaper, and smarter. Pentagon unveils replicator drone program to compete with China. And of course, the Pentagon's replicator program will mass produce small, cheap, smart drones, okay? So the Pentagon has this new program to mass produce drones. And they're selling it as, hey, China should worry or else they're going to do a demo of swarming drone destruction in 2024. I think that about sums it up, you know? And I just have to ask, is is everyone okay with this except for me? You know, I kind of have an issue with this, you know, these remote-controlled swarms of killer drones flying around planet Earth, you know? By the way, on that note, uh, did you hear about how Elon Musk... He shut down the Starlink satellites in Ukraine, and it thwarted this massive drone, attra- uh, drone attack on the Russian naval fleet. Naval fleet. <laughs> naval flight. <laughs> anyway, uh, Musk shut down a massive drone attack on the Russian Navy, and of course the Ukrainians are furious about it. They're accusing Musk of suffering from a cocktail of ignorance and big ego, and in his defense... 
Musk claims he did not shut down the satellites. All he did was just turn them, uh, he didn't turn them on when they asked him to, right? They're like, hey, we fire up these satellites so we can use this swarm of drones to take out the Nush- Russian Navy. And he's like, ah, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't really want to be complicit in starting World War Three. Says Musk, quote, Starlink was not meant to be involved in wars, period, end quote. Okay, he goes on to say, you know, Starlink was so people could watch Netflix and, and chill and get uh, get online for school and, and do good, peaceful things, not drone strikes. That's what Musk is saying. Starlink was not made for wars. Uh, it wasn't made for drone strikes. It's just made for you to chill, man, do good, peaceful things. Okay, sure. Now, uh... Furthermore, Musk, uh, he did go on. He felt like uh, foiling the attack. By foiling this attack, he prevented a mini Pearl Harbor. And we all know what happened in Pearl Harbor, right? The next thing, you know, step one, you know, bomb the hell and sink all the boats in the harbor. Step two, uh, retaliation is a nuclear bomb. So by preventing this mini Pearl Harbor, Musk believes uh, he, he avoided the nuclear retaliation by Russia. So, I mean, you can't really blame the guy. Right? You know, if you had a chance to prevent nuclear war and the start of World War III, wouldn't you do it too? You know? Now, I speculate that the deep state is not very happy with Musk because of this. And I think that might have something to do with the uh, current barrage of headlines that have been out here. I'm sure you've heard it squawking on the news about, you know, Musk is, he's an anti-Semite. You know, he's allegedly accusing Jews for his business failures. (laughs) Musk is accusing Jews for his business failures. He's an anti-Semite. I don't know. Yeah, the timing of all that's perfect. I put a few... Links on the report today, you know, Elon Musk's anti-Semitism was inevitable, says The Atlantic, you know. Elon Musk is America's most dangerous anti-Semite, says The Forward, you know. Elon Musk threatens to sue the Anti-Defamation League over anti-Semitism claims. So Musk is pushing back against the ADL, which is like the Jewish advocacy group, okay. And I just throw that out there. One, uh, one should be aware that there are those in the world who would claim there is a certain sect that has been steering all the globalist, warmongering, imperialistic conquests since at least the First World War. But I think that's a hue of the news that I'm not inclined to dive into right now. So let's go ahead and get right back to the killer robots. Dun, dun, dun. Now, personally... I believe they are priming the public conscience uh, to accept the idea that remote-controlled killer robots are killing people, and that's just par for the course, you know? And you might be thinking, Luke, why? Come on, get out of here. You, you tell me they're trying to prepare the public for this kind of thing? Yes, it's exactly it, and I'll tell you why. It's because they've been building this narrative for years. And I, you know, uh, we haven't talked directly about this in a while, but, you know, I want to show you, you know, a little timeline here. It's always about the same time of year. And I'm just going to see if you notice the pattern. I'm sure you will notice the pattern, but October 2020, October 2020, new weapons, proven precedent, a treaty on killer robots. October 2020, a treaty on killer robots. Okay. December 2021, the U.S. rejects 
calls for regulating or banning killer robots. So, you know, October 2020, we got a treaty on killer robots. December 2021, a little over a year later, the U.S. rejects the calls for regulating or banning killer robots. November 2022, it's time to talk about those killer robots. Also in November 2022, San Francisco's killer robots threaten the city's most vulnerable. And then fast forwarding to today, September 2023, robots are already killing people. Robots are already killing people. Let that sink in. Over the course of just three short years, we've moved from a treaty of uh, on killer robots to the U.S. rejecting these regulations to it's time we talk about the killer robots to the, you know, the killer robots are already threatening the most vulnerable. And of course, who isn't vulnerable to a killer robot to the bluntly stated fact that robots are already killing people. Can you see the pattern, friends? They've been building this narrative for years. And again, they're priming the public conscience to accept the idea that remote controlled Killer robots are just killing people, and that's just the way that it is. So there you have it. Uh, it's as if they're trying to say, just deal with it. What are you going to do about it, peasant? Ha-ha! We've got the weaponized AI, the killer robots, and the swarms of drones. Neener, neener, neener. <laughs> oh, friends, I, I make light of it, but rest assured, the, uh, the implications and the potential threat to humanity are obviously huge, you know? Try to imagine some purple-haired punk kid, you know, playing this hot new video game. And maybe the game's called, like, Fry the Farmer or, you know, Purge the Patriot or something like that, right? And so while this punk kid's staring into the screen and directing swarms of AI-driven drones, their dopamine receptors are getting lit up like a Christmas tree. Ding, 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 ding. You know, every time they take out a dissident, 10 points for the farmer, 20 points for the patriot. Ding, 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 ding. And after they earn enough wards, uh, rewards, then that punk can level up, you know, to more sophisticated missions, say, like taking out the fortified strongholds of the resistance. Friends, it should not be hard to imagine that. <laughs> but I did put a couple of visuals in here in the report today. Uh, but, hey, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com, thetorchreport.com. Check out Torch Report 447. You'll see these uh, these punk kids, you know, with their VR goggles on and they're, they're crouching like they're hunting in a pack or something. You know, this other punk kid, he's got his uh, sniper rifle in virtual world. And, of course, there's no doubt that these young punks, they're going to be really good at these killer games, Fry the Farmer, Purge the Patriot, or what have you, you know, love the pun, these killer games, okay, they're killer games, because they're training these kids to do this, and they're starting younger and younger by the year, last picture in the report today is a, is a little kid, he looks like he's maybe four, and he's like, got his big old head goggles on, and he's using his little, you know, wrist floaty things to, I'm sure, assassinate people in the virtual world, so, you know, if you think about it, since the, uh, the powers that be have highly detailed, digitized topographical maps, topographical maps, and satellite coverage of the entire Earth's surface. I think, you know, the coolest thing about Fry the Farmer and Purge the Patriot, the coolest thing is that the battlefield is almost limitless. It goes on forever, you know, and, and players can team up all around the world to try to conquer the whole damn planet. You know, that's 
how they, uh, you know, the, these virtual soldiers, essentially, they can keep people safe from the virtual extremists, you know. In the game, they can win the battle for democracy. They can secure peace and stability for the greater good and future Earth. Whoop! the effing do you know what a fun game ha <laughs> ha we'll just kill the extremist in the virtual world anyway friends i i got to pivot just a little bit here but you know i just it's not hard to connect the dots and see how the first person shooter games could be very easily connected to you know virtual assassination using swarms of ai driven drones and killer robots i'm sure you get the point but what we know here uh, and that, this is the pivot, okay? Uh, I see these young kids being trained into this virtual world, and it makes me think, you know, we know the fact that Marxists are intentionally targeting and exploiting women and children. That's what they do, because they are emotional and mental predators. And like all abusers, the Marxists, the socialists, the communists, the Democrats, they seduce In the Republicans, let me just be fair, you know, the corrupt politicians, they seduce and lure their prey with lies and false promises. You know, they cleverly build trust and they go on gaslighting until the Stockholm Syndrome kicks in. That's when the abusers, they can dominate their victims with little more than words, right? They can convince the people, the victims, the public, we the people and the peasants of the world, they can convince the masses that the only reason we're suffering is because we don't obey. You know, that means our suffering is really our own damn fault. If we just fall in line, sit down, shut up, do what we're told, eat bugs, own nothing, and be happy, then they wouldn't have to beat us like that. You know, more stick, less carrot. We've talked about this. This is the dark side of humanity. It's a manifestation of the evil impulse. It is a perennial threat. It's always there. There there always have been and there always will be predators and abusers and criminals and other evildoers who walk among us. It requires little more than daily news. You know, you look at the daily news, you see there's evil people out there doing evil things every damn day. So, you know, but now this evil has a new set of tools. I mean, never before did the evil have swarms of autonomous killer robots. And that's a pretty easy threat to identify. Oh my gosh, you know, autonomous killer robots, what the hell, you know? But I, that said, friends, everything we've said so far, I still maintain that the greatest threat of all is the weaponized AI. And that weaponized AI is being used to manipulate public perception. You know, if we remember, you know, according to the esteemed psychologists who have been warning us about menticide and subconscious taming uh, since long before AI, what we know for certain is that it is technically possible, technically possible, clinically possible to bring the human mind into a condition of enslavement and submission. It's clinically possible to enslave the human mind, subconscious taming, menticide, you know. To put it differently, friends, mental slavery is real, and it's really happening right now. And with this new weaponized AI and the algorithmic social interventions, etc., I mean, humanity is essentially doomed unless we wake people up to this fact, okay? But even that, I will say, even the mental slavery in the clinical sense, That's not the worst of it. Those of 
you who have been with me for a while. And by the way, welcome to all the new subscribers. And thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's helped support this publication uh, via joining the Patriot Club. Now, for those who have been with me, you know you've heard me talk about what I call spiritual assassination. Spiritual assassination is very similar to menticide, okay? You get, you got homicide, suicide, menticide is the assassination of the mind, but I'm talking about spiritual assassination, and it's actually a greater threat, because once a person is spiritually dead, there is no more awakening from within. You can't help somebody wake up if they're spiritually dead dead. Thus, once a person has been spiritually assassinated, the domestication and assimilation of the human's being is complete. Does that make sense? You know, such poor assassinated souls will simply be content to eat from their abuser's hand forever. And as for the resistance, my friends, resist we must, you know. But, 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 but Luke, what, what, what the hell's going on? What are we resisting exactly? And how do we do it? Tell me, tell me now. And I will. My friends, we're not just resisting the destruction of the American way of life. We're not just resisting the political capture of our nation or the existential threat of nuclear war or the swarming drones and killer robots. We're not just resisting the urge to go along and get along. We're not just resisting the urge, the temptation to try to ignore it and the, and the political corruption that continues to seduce us with lies, making people believe that we can still vote ourselves out of us. We're not just resisting all of that. We are resisting the subtle sense of sleepiness, that subconscious pull toward blissful disconnect, the undertone of knowing but doing nothing. It's human nature to avert our attention from truly terrible things, including truly disturbing thoughts. And this, too, is an instinct that we must resist. We must resist the urge to go numb. We must resist the urge to go numb. Why? Because if we do not resist the urge to go numb, then we're going to die a painless death long before our bodies ever hit the ground. Friends, nobody is going to make it out of life alive. That is a fact. Every single person on the planet was born to die. But we do know not every person truly lives. Life is a one-way ticket, and we would be wise to enjoy the ride. But friends... <laughs> Honestly, there's more to it than that. I wax on philosophical here, but, you know, life's not just meant to be, you know, it's not just for hedonistic indulgence, right? We want to enjoy the ride, but it's not just about, you know, uh, chasing pleasure and avoiding pain. Life is complex and it's messy, but it provides us a canvas upon which we can paint the masterpiece of our lives. We were born to explore. We were born to be curious. We were born to learn, uh, born to learn and to grow wise. We are not just cogs in the wheel of time or the wheel of society. Friends, we may be malleable, but we are certainly not soulless, hackable animals. That's what the globalists call us, but that's not what we are. We are not soulless, hackable animals. We are magical creatures. We are spiritual beings. We are sons and daughters of life itself, extensions of the eternal enigma, material manifestations of the great Mystery of life. We are what many people would call children of God. 
My fellow human beings, it is through our magical manifestations, through our curious explorations, through our divine inclinations that we must muster the will to resist and master the methods of doing so. The spirit cannot be tamed unless it is first lulled asleep. The spirit cannot be tamed unless it is first lulled asleep. And this is why we must guard our hearts. We were talking about that recently. We must guard our hearts for it is there that our spirit resides, friends. The method for doing so, for guarding our hearts, it's simple to understand, but it's challenging to master. To to stimulate that journey, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of poetry here, friends. It begins with awareness, which begins with the breath, which awakens the spirit which puts mind to rest. It flows from within you. It beams from your chest. It shines from your center when mind is at rest. The spirit within you, which flows with the breath, is alive and awaiting for your mind to just rest. So don't forsake breathing. Don't forsake rest. Don't forsake living. And remember, you're blessed. And the best way to do this is to let your mind rest, friends. Be aware of your breath. Breathe deep. Feel your heartbeat. You are alive and life is good. It is Friday, friends. The enemy has no control over the power within. This is your greatest weapon and you should choose to use it wisely. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time. Take the time to go to the website, find the little heart, click the heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. <laughs> Get out there and have a fine, fabulous, fantastic Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.